I'm done. I've, I'm just at the bottom. I've just been hit and kicked and stomped on. I feel like I have been put through the mill. And I was on my knees and God's, God showed me a scripture in Luke that said, a man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And I, at that very moment, I was struck <laughs> just like, ah, uh, like, Mandy, I, and he just said, I am not done with you. As a matter of fact, I am just beginning. And I gave you a vision for a nonprofit, for a place for women to be healed and restored. And you are not finished yet. Um, I'm sending you out to do, to, to just, to, to bring that to fruition. And I said, Lord, nobody's going to believe me. Nobody's going to follow. Nobody's going to, you know, people are going to think I'm crazy for doing this. I don't even have the gifts and skills that it takes. And he said to me, Mandy, I have everyone, everything that you need um, to accomplish the purposes that I, and plans that I have for you. You just need to be in obedience. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Communitas Podcast. Joy and I today are joined by Mandy Memel. And Mandy, um, wow, what a joy to have you with us. Thank you for being with us. Uh, you're joining us from Baltimore today or somewhere near Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we got connected to you through a board member of Communitas International, Tony Shang. And he just had some really cool things to say uh, about some of the work that you've done and that it really fits in with our understanding of building communion, community, and mission. So why don't you give us a, a brief intro to who you are and what you yeah. do? Oh, awesome. Um, thank you. Thank you, uh, Joy and Jeff. Really nice to meet you. And it's a pleasure to be on Communitas. I think it's a good fit. Uh, love to be able to share the work that I'm doing, and part of the reason that I love to do that is I love to inspire others to go and do what seems to be impossible, unthinkable, yeah. um, and just walking in obedience to what God has called us to do and to be a part of the solution yeah. uh, in in the world. Um, so, yeah, so I'm Mandy Memel. I am, I'm actually, I'm a single woman. I am um, a mother of three. And uh, I have two grandbabies, uh, oh. and my family, uh, my family is number one. But I will also add that my family was not the reason why I did not come into a very downtrodden, uh, crime-ridden, drug-infested sex mm. area. I actually brought my children with me, and my children gained um, uh, in the earlier years, and they thank me to this day that they were able to experience um, the world from a whole different worldview and uh, biblical worldview. So today they thank me and um, express how they are able to engage and fit into the world um, by not being just a 2% of it. So I wanted just to kind of share that. Um, I have a nursing background. I did cardiac nursing um, for about five years here in Baltimore City, where we are located, um, the well and Hunts Honey is located. And then I bore my children and somewhere along the line opened up an interior design business. I don't even, <laughs> just because I felt like it, I wanted to, because <laughs> I, I was feeling it being my art. 
And then, um, and then I uh, became uh, the women's ministry leader at my church. We we, we were it was a younger church, and I launched the very first w- women's uh, ministry at my church. Um, and after going on multiple mission trips, one to Africa and multiple times to Mexico, Dominican Republic, all over the place, yeah. I um, came back home and I had a pastor who had come from inner city New York, and he was very intrigued by this little area in the southeast corner of Baltimore City that was on uh, in my county. And he kind of um, kind of led the way in prayer circling this community, asking God to send more folks. And when I entered the community after going on a medical mission trip to Africa, I said, wow, what am I doing going, you know, to Africa when my own city when- um, really needs um, my eyes on it and yeah. my, my heart bent towards it? And mm-hmm. um, and so I just couldn't leave after um that pastor brought me in here in prayer, and and then um, I just couldn't leave. My I I was um, I came in for years. Uh, started a women's Christmas party, then I started uh, meeting. Uh, started a life group in the rec center, where that group went from three to forty women, wow. and then I gave up doing. Uh, interior design because I felt the calling to expand the work that I was doing to create a nonprofit organization, giving not just myself an opportunity to mentor women in the community that I was meeting and greeting, but but bridging the gap to involve other women um, in the church community to, to be able to meet alongside women that they never would have ordinarily had come in contact with or intersected with. And so uh, that I, I found that my life changed because I stepped into community with these women. Mm-hmm. Really was God asking me to get to know them? They, he said, at a moment where I felt like my my toes were stepped on, he said, "Now I want you to let them into your life." You just is, and mm-hmm. so that is what I did so very bravely back in the day, and I began mentoring women, and then I wanted to bridge that mentorship to other women in in the church community because what I saw was was not just changed lives within this community, but my life, my life was changed forever. And I was never to be the same again. One of the things that we say all the time around Communitas is our, our actual vision is transformed lives, transformed neighborhoods, and a transformed world. And it does kind of take that progression, right? I mean, trans... People in a neighborhood can transform us. And then as we're transformed, neighborhoods be, continue that transformation process. And then, as you said, you have a heart to help other people do this in other places. And that's the transformed world. That's wonderful. So, Mandy, tell us a little bit about Baltimore City. I want to hear more about the well and Hunt's Honey, too, in a moment. But get, what, what, what's the, the, the demographics? What are the needs in that area? I mean, you mentioned a few things earlier, crime and some other things, but Give our listeners a better understanding of that. Well, Baltimore City is a large city. It takes a, a while to get from one side of it to the other. Uh, that's because uh, transportation is has a horrendous problem here. We don't have some of the transportation infrastructures that most other cities have, and it will take years to create that, if ever it will be. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, we have... Um, it, 
the the community that I stepped into that I'm a part of, we're now more regionally um, situated, but the community that we are in right now is Curtis Bay in Brooklyn, um, a large part of our city that was for forever forgotten because it was separated by the 95 corridor and by a bridge that we know was the Hanover Street Bridge. So it was when I first stepped in, it was without, it, it just did not have any resources. Um, and yet there were major transportation issues. It was a, f- a food desert. It had uh, like a h- the highest crime rate, uh, 500% um, over the average of Baltimore City per capita here um, because it, the crime was um, kind of compressed into a smaller area, if you will. Um, but also uh, uh, its its largest demographic was women and children, and then women finding themselves having to gain resources in ways that we don't even like to discuss, right, yeah. as a church or uh, friends of God. And so um, those are the things that I was noticing of how people were trying to um, find their own resources. And um, so this area was is very well known for exploitation mm-hmm. because, because of its um, proximity to the BWI International Airport, um, its proximity to uh, casinos and sports arenas, and yet it's quick getaway um, on the 95 corridor. And it's also very perpendicular to one of the wealthiest communities in Arundel County um, in the nation, which uh, Baltimore, in, in, a, in a juxtaposition of that, is that Baltimore is one of the biggest giving cities, wow. uh, uh, believe it or not, um, that we have in, in the United States. Um, so it's very interesting to see that the challenges that we have here. So uh, we have um, the cities are this in this within the city. We have these districts that are very still segregated, um, and that happens through transportation, through job opportunities, and um, flight out of the city. And we're seeing that flight happen again mm-hmm. uh, with the people who can make the difference, not wanting to stay the long run to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So it, it does create um, demographic challenges within the city. Um, and um, so therefore, you find a lot of nonprofits coming in um, to build, thank goodness, to build the resources necessary to help our churches along. Uh, we consider ourselves a parachurch organization to help our churches along in and in, in having the resources needed and necessary to help uh, so, uh, so, so many hurting and uh, so many who are underserved here in Baltimore City. Mm-hmm. In the same token, the beauty of such desperation in the city, and I don't think there needs to be any more explanation as to the needs in Baltimore City, um, as even we had a president who shared um, so, some of the the needs uh, there. Um, and, um, and some of those were truths. Um, but honestly, what I see when I walk into Baltimore, either you love it or you hate it, and what I can tell you about my city is the incredible resilience that ends up blossoming and rising up from the ashes of this city, where you have people who absolutely love and adore the city, refuse to leave the city, and um, step in to make an incredible um, difference. You know, whether you whether you live and reside here or whether you're here because you work here and are here more than the place that you sleep, 
you know, to, to make a difference. Either way, uh, this this city is filled with with folks who work here, eat here, sleep here, and are incredibly resilient. And um, you are right now, it, it's such an artsy city with a lot of creativity and brilliant people um, working really hard alongside of one another to make a difference. And we find um, that even when you go back in the Bible, when you when you look uh, at some of those stories, you find that when there is resistance is when people gain their strength. That's right. I, I'm that right now. And I know, and you will hear through the story of how Hunt's Honey came about, how the well came about, of just uh, the vision of of the people here rising. And it's, it's great things planned for the city. And um, I want to be a part of that. I see God working. This is where I want to be. Right on. Wow. So are you a native to Baltimore or how, how long have you been there? I was born here. Um, okay. I was here. Um, I have lived in Inner Arundel County for most of my life, um, but I, I'm, I'm a Maryland native all the way, remembering when uh, the Inner Harbor was being built. I remember McCormick and Spice Company. So yes, I'm a native as, as, as much as native gets. <laughs> it's really beautiful to hear how you did some work to learn about the context in which you were living. And and it sounds like there was a point at which you didn't know about everything that was going on as you're speaking about the segregation and how closed off the area was with the different um, interstate. How how um, did that impact the way you moved forward? Because I imagine to go from not knowing anything about that area to then becoming so embedded in it, that was a process. And we have some um, steps in our dynamic adventure, which is a way that we engage with the world around us. And the first one is embedding. And that sounds like something that you really practiced. And I'm just curious if you could say a little bit about what did that look like as you were getting to know the area and the people? and Because you were transitioning from being ignorant to, you know, being really fully invested. Yes. I I mean, I'll be, I'll keep it, I'll be very vulnerable. I, um, I stepped into to the community 20 years ago. Okay. And I stepped in uh, with a church that I that was doing amazing things, but I now call it like pop and drop, where we go into mm. drop things off, we run back out, and um, God just yeah. showed me something very different. Like He just said, engage with the people, meet the people, know the people. And so for ten years before I launched a uh, a nonprofit organization, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I assure mm. you, but. Um, but for 10 years, I sat with the people. I engaged with the people. I got to know the people. I was meeting. I was coming in not just for a life group at the rec center. I was coming in almost every day of the week engaging. I was, you know, um, for a while I had, um, I I did have wealth uh, uh, through just um, my husband at the time had a construction company and we had well, that was coming in in a suburban and a big diamond ring on. And I thought, what am I doing? What am I doing here? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> um, and I didn't grow up with wealth, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a very adaptable person by nature. But uh, I, I I, thought, man, I'm pulling up and waving at the homies, but <laughs> that's suburban. <laughs> and um, 
But and I thought, well, anybody even want to be my friend in this community? But we did. It was just amazing. It's so beautiful how God just took my, you know, lack of confidence being here, and of course, every other woman's lack of confidence. Mm friend me and and just put us together into these beautiful friendships. Um, and honestly, they became my family. Um, they became the people that I wanted to spend more time with and others that I was spending time with. And it was, mm. um, and I, I want to tell you, my suburban's gone, my big diamond's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole lot that remains. Um, but... I, I look around to see what God has done, and I am so satisfied with what, where God has brought me and the person that he, he has molded me into being, um, and very humbly so, very humbly so, through the, the intersection that I have made with a people in a community that I would have otherwise never have entered. Right? Mm -hmm. So I... I feel like I found a gold mine and mm -hmm. in this in this relationship and in this community. I was living in a neighborhood where the houses were so big you could live a whole day um never intersecting with one of your own family members or going out and taking a walk and you know people like avoid you uh, you know and not talk with you and I come into this community and I see community being done, even when it's done in an unhealthy manner. Mm -hmm. But I see people on their front porches. I see people fighting to take care of one another um, because they know what it's like not to have. Mm -hmm. And I see people taking the shirts off their back to give it to their neighbor. And it was so different than the community that I was living in at the time. And I thought, this is community. This is beautiful. I want to be a part of this community. <laughs> so, and I, and I did, I fought for that. And, um, and it, it just changed me. It changed me. I don't even remember the original question, but that's, yeah, well, <laughs> that's okay. That is beautiful. It's just, ah, yeah. oh, you were drawn to it and, and it, and it changed you as a result of you just really living there. Like it, that's yeah, an incredible yeah. story. I love it. I, I love what you're saying too. Um, Samuel Wells, uh, he wrote a number of really good books, but one of the things he writes about in looking at the journey of Jesus is uh, the withness of Jesus, right? And so he he turns that into, um, you know, lots of people can do things for, a lot of people choose to do things for, a lot of people choose to be for, whether it's you know, trying to enact change or laws or things like that, even protesting. Um, but the real, real life on life stuff comes when you simply be with. Yes. Uh, and, and that is exactly what I discovered years ago was just people need a healthy community, a safe, let's say safe community because how healthy is it when we're all just coming together, broken people, but a safe community to be a part of where we can share our stories, share the things that be vulnerable with one another and share the things that, that move us and have shaken us and share the things that have shaped us. Uh, we call that here at the Well Community Culture. And I will tell you, I didn't know what I was looking at, even though I had a nursing background. 
I didn't even know what I was looking at. And really it was trauma. It was about trauma. Yeah. It was about traumatized people um, finding healing in a safe community. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I ended up opening up an organization and, and, and it was about community. It was about story and story making a difference to be able to be able to come in and share what happened to you and what you're doing to cope and how you're rising out of it. And God's put me through my own story now. Mm-hmm. And I'll, in the midst of that, to, to, to even seal the deal with this community that, that I could really have be all in and engaging and understanding what it is like to have to rise up, up out of the ashes, you know? Yeah. So yeah, the work that God has done here, it's, it's been incredible. So tell us about the well and Hun's honey and how they came about and yeah, give us, give us the backstory. Yeah. So as I was for 10 years working in this community, um, having a, a group called women of hope meeting in the rec center, it grew from three to 40 women. I, um, I always had a vision of a place here in the community where women could come and be healed and restored, just a, a safe space uh, where we could provide essential needs, where we where we could provide resources, where women actually had the ability to rise. And so, um, along the way, um, God gave me uh, just a vision um, of opening up a nonprofit. I, I went through some. I went through some really intense difficulty. And I thought to myself, I am so done. I am so tired, God. I I have I'm done. I have to give this up. I'm exhausted. And I just remember I was in, I used to spend Wednesdays just in Bible reading and prayer. And I was on my knees one day and I just told God, I told him, I told him, I told him. <laughs> I said, I'm gonna just get me out of this. Like I, this has been such hard work. I'm done. I've I've just at the bottom. I've just been hit and kicked and stomped on. I feel like I have been put through the mill. And I was on my knees, and God's God showed me a scripture in Luke that said, "A man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God." Mm-hmm. And I, at that very moment, I was struck, <laughs> just like ah. Uh, like, Mandy, I, and he just said, I am not done with you. As a matter of fact, I am just beginning. And I gave you a vision for a nonprofit, for a place for women to be healed and restored. And you are not finished yet. Um, I'm sending you out to do, to, to, just, to, to bring that to fruition. And I said, Lord, nobody's going to believe me. Nobody's going to follow. Nobody's going to, you know, people are going to think I'm crazy for doing this. I don't even have the gifts and skills that it takes. And he said to me, Mandy, I have everyone, everything that you need um, to accomplish the purposes that I and plans that I have for you. You just need to be in obedience. And I just said, okay. So I went home and shared with my husband that I was like, I'm going to have to buy a row home. And he, and, and he came back months later. He goes, well, I got something better. 
and he found this building, this 10,000 square foot building, um, what was almost in foreclosure. He said, what, ha- what happens if we buy it? And um, then we rent out the second floor and we use the 5,000 square feet of the bottom and we'll, we'll run a, you know, you can run your, can run your organization and it can be self-funded. Okay. So then I was the one doubting a little bit. And then, um, and then my daughter was doing a project at school and I said, how, and she was 18 and I said, how about we do this project together? How about we start this organization and together we did. We went out. We purchased this building. My mom said, are you crazy? You don't even have a business. Like, just seeing a 10,000 square foot building in one of the worst areas of Baltimore City. So, and not to toot my own horn, but to share the sacrifices of some kind. Sometimes God calls you to choose. We took our um, our retirement funds and we bought wow. in the middle of, of the city, not even in the middle, but on the southeast corner of the city, to um, and we start. I started. I started a nonprofit organization, and uh, and it was it just begins. It was called the Well. Drink at the Well. Um, for anybody who's familiar with the story in John four of the woman at the well coming to mm-hmm. to to meet um, Jesus, you know, he had an appointment that day with her. And uh, so beautiful. I think the chosen does it very beautifully. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, she she met Jesus at the well, and he knew everything there was to know about her. And uh, she had to go back into this. She was compelled to go back into the city, and then to bring people out to have these conversations. And that's really what it's about, you know, a place that we go for sustenance, for life giving water. Uh, where women can come and they meet together and and just do life together at the well, and um and and through that that's where they find community and through that that's where they find healing you know in that life giving form. Wow. So I started what I thought was going to be just a mentorship program that very quickly turned into a life development program where not only were we providing mentors for women to help them to rise, but then we started. Uh, doing workshops, life development workshops, teaching them how to communicate about relationships, about finances, about all of these things. We were, uh, they were getting ca- counseling and therapy and trauma healing. Uh, they were learning to contribute, which is huge. They were learning to, to give back. That's a, that's a taught, that's something we teach. Mm-hmm. Not only are they coming here to receive, but they're coming here to uh give back and eventually be able to help the next woman walking through the door. So everything we do is intentionality for the next woman in the community. How can I help that woman to rise using my story, using what I've learned, what, what I've taught, Mm. um, you know, as, as life experiences. And so we teach contribution. It's a very huge part of what we do. And we, we do a safe healing community um, and we still have that same Women of Hope group that meets 20 years later, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Wow. Yeah, five years later, um, I am. we had a fire in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitting, I was out on vacation, but came back in, was sitting out in the field. I said, Lord, why did 11 row homes burn down and 26 families be burned out? Um, I had visited another social enterprise, and I said, man, I'd love to be with like them when we grow up. And um, and provide work opportunities for women that were serving in our life development program, and um, 
So as I'm sitting in this field, looking at these homes that were burned out, I was reminded of the Great Baltimore Fire and how God used that Great Baltimore Fire to change and standardize industry. If you remember, Baltimore was the was the lead of industry back in its day, but because of fire, it changed standardization and changed the way things looked nationally. So it was a beautiful picture. And God just um, took me back to the scripture in Deuteronomy, a land flowing with milk and honey for whatever reason. And then also to Second Chronicles, my people who are called by my name. We know that scripture. And then I was looking around of people in this field, playing games, uh, doing all sorts of things. And uh, God uh, just said, you know, Mandy, I am going to use the most unsuspecting to bring industry back into Baltimore. Four days later, I'm at a community meeting, sitting there, we're talking about the fire, how we're going to handle uh, the fire and now these blighted homes. And then uh, we each got um, some, uh, we got some award money and each of us got a chance to speak. And the beekeeper from the community gardens here in Curtis Bay got up to speak and mm-hmm. started sharing that he had started hives in the community. And uh, it was our first year of hives. And for some reason, Normally on the first year, there's not a huge yield of honey, but for some reason, the hives were overflowing with honey. And can anyone think of something to do with all of this honey? And as soon as he said that, I I just started to weep. And all I could hear in my mind was a land flowing with milk and honey, a land flowing with honey. And I looked over at one of our community friends who happened to be a mentee, and I said, do you hear that? Are you... I think that's our social enterprise. I think that's what we're supposed to do. And that very evening, she went home and started a Pinterest board of things that were made of honey and beeswax and bee byproducts. And in three days, God brought this vision of this workforce development program called Hun's Honey. If you're familiar with Baltimore, Baltimore is the the language of Hun, our Baltimoreese. Mm -hmm. And some of our products are named from that, like a wash bar with an R. But (laughs) vision the vision just kind of came. It just flooded of of raw local honey and products made by it, and um, and there was nothing stopping us at that point. We knew what we had to do, and within a year, we had launched nine products, and um, we launched Hunt's Honey. Uh, that was 2017, and this was 2018, and um, this is what our our revenue has looked like on the chart. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God told me that it was going to be a big endeavor, prepare you the way of the Lord. And here we are. It's it's uh, still growing, uh, still maturing by 30% each year, each each month. Wow. So it's been, uh, and now we have 18 women, we have 25 women in our life development program. Uh, 17 of them are employed uh, by uh, Hun's Honey and... Um, and so, and 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 it has been, it has brought about full circle here at the well. Not only are we teaching women how to rise, how to do life, but now we're actually giving them a paycheck. Excellent. Helping them to sustain themselves. So the goal of our organization is to help a woman to be sustained, self-sustained, and helping a woman understand her value, her identity, and her creative purpose, not just so she can rise, but that she, she can sweep down and help women to rise alongside of her, that she would to turn that back around and uh, be a part of somebody else's healing journey. So good. Mm-hmm. 
and so good for the planet too. Thanks for the bees. We need the bees. <laughs> I know we have eight hives, but it does take us about 225 hives to do all the work that we're doing now. So we, we do buy whole, uh, wholesale from farmers who are pollinating. So great. Well done listening. I'm just so encouraged and inspired by your ability to pay attention, see what's happening around you and use those opportunities. I mean, it just could have passed you by, but you were, you were tuned in. That's just so beautiful. In the way that then you also are inviting others so that it, the, whole, the whole process can be sustainable. It's just amazing. You, you've got a long-term vision there for others to be able to carry on, you know, what was birthed in your heart. It's beautiful. That's, right. That's my prayer. That's my yeah. prayer. Yeah. Yep. Self-sustaining and reproducible. That's great. Mm -hmm. So say more about um, community culture. You wanted to come back yeah. to that. I really feel like the Lord showed me this idea in this past year of just a community culture. That that, that is a community culture. That is what we have breeded here at the well. And, um, and a community culture just looks like this, that we are created um, for God and one another, that love, the love of God is at the center of, of that community, uh, that our story matters, that everything that we have been through, everything that we have experienced in life has worked up to this moment of time for such a time as this, that we've been placed on this earth and that that nothing that we have gone through or endured or have been through has, is, is thrown out. It's all utilized for God's glory and his, his purpose. Uh, we have also learned that in a culture of community, that forgiveness is the key um, when stepping into relationship. Doesn't mean we have to step back into the same relationship, but that as we begin to forgive those who have trespassed against us, that God can sweep down and just and just cleanse us, and um, and it just it heals us. That that's kind of the center of where healing begins. But also that we have an attitude in community culture of reciprocal learning, mm -hmm. that I am not here as somebody better, stronger, greater than, more than, to help somebody is not. Mm -mm. Good. I am here to learn from that woman who just walked through the door. I have something to learn from her. And she has something to learn from me. And together, together we make community. And together we grow from one another. We rub against one another and we learn um, about life in, in every aspect. It's such an important part of that. But also in community culture, we believe that every life can yield something beautiful. Every life can yield something beautiful. And also... We just, of course, believe that there is hope for every person that God created. There is hope, and He is their hope. And I, we carry Him, and we have the privilege to share that hope from within us if we, if we allow God to do that for us, in us, and through us. Oh, that's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. Mandy, you are such an inspiration. Uh, I just have loved this conversation and absolutely love the work. Uh, that you're doing, and and also the message that it gives to anyone anywhere um, that to be involved in this kind of way. So thank you, thank you so much for what you do. How can people, if people want to support the well or Hunts Honey or buy your products or uh, any of those things, how how can how can people do that? 
Yes, yes, please. It's a it's a time. Uh, many organizations are in need right now, uh, as we've seen an econ- a little bit of an academic economic downfall. Sure. We're not the only organization, uh, but you can buy our products, hunshoney.com. You can get it sent wherever you are. You can get it sent directly to your home. You can pick up um, at our at our newly launched marketplace as well. Um, and, but we're also in over 90 retailers in the Baltimore area, surrounding areas, and also nationally. We've got some things brewing in, in some some perpendicular cities and beyond, even out west a little bit. Um, But also, if you would like to give, uh, you can go to drinkatthewell.org and you can donate. Um, We have Giving Tuesday is coming up on November 28th. We will launch another campaign where we'll give an opportunity uh, for you to be able to to give. Um, You know, we're all called to different parts and pieces and so uh, if you can't be with us, then give to us and we will take that dollar and we will, we will, we will see it multiply right and uh, many of those and fishes. And uh, we can do a lot with a little. As a matter of fact, we do. We have a huge pattern what we do and how much money we bring in. And uh, that's a true story about the well. And, um, and so we need your help. Uh, and if you're local, man, Come and serve. Come and serve. Since the pandemic, we're seeing a everyone, everyone across the board is seeing a lack of volunteers. And I will I just want to say something. I want to say that when you come and volunteer at the well, you step into that community culture mm-hmm. and uh, be prepared that your life will never be the same again. Yeah. <laughs> but I encourage those who are local to come and visit, come take a tour and be a part of our community by serving. Outstanding. Well, or you can say I've yeah, I've go gone ahead. to your store and the products are beautiful. So I'm very excited to to grab some of those for some Christmas gifts. And I'll put all the information in the show notes so people know where to find yes. products and where to find the well. Every purchase matters, and it goes back to employing another woman walking through the door. Mm-hmm. We're desperate. We have women lined up waiting to work for Hunts Honey. So the more we pull, the more we employ. Yeah. Fantastic. Love it. Love it. Well, my friend, thank you again for what you do and especially for taking some time to share the story with us. I'm sure that it's been very, very powerful for so many people that are listening in. So thank you. Much, much appreciate your time and may God bless you and your endeavors as you go forward. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah, Mandy, thank you so much. And you have been listening to another episode of the Communitas podcast. If you've enjoyed this, we encourage you to pass it along and share it with other people. You can always leave us a rating as well. And if you would like to subscribe to our podcast, uh, we are on every single podcast platform you can imagine, and you'll get a notification each time a new episode drops. So Joy and I look forward to being with you again on the next episode of the Communitas podcast. Communitas podcast.